Welcome to Gateway Community Church, Webster, Texas. We're so glad you found us, and we hope this message helps you discover more about God and His unique plan for your life. Another great video from Tyler Cabina, a homegrown guy. We just love his creativity and uh, used his sisters there. Uh, they, were, they were very gracious. We've had some great, fun little movie clips created all through this. As we wrap up our series this morning with the, with the movie you selected, Frozen. Uh, and wasn't that, wasn't that medley incredible? Man, I just, that was, I love that. Well, in case you don't know, Frozen is the 53rd animated feature in Walt Disney's animated classic series. It's inspired by a fairy tale by Hans Christian Andersen called The Snow Queen came out last November, and it has since brought in worldwide over $1.2 billion, making it the highest-grossing animated film of all time, period, made it the highest-grossing film of 2013, period, and also has made it the fifth-highest-grossing film of any type of all time. Incredible uh, 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 run. It uh, has, has won two Academy Awards, Best Animated Feature and Best Original Song, Let It Go, which we just heard. And interestingly, a little bit of the backstory, Disney himself began exploring making Hans Christian Andersen's fairy tale into a movie as early, we know, as 1937. That was the year before the premiere, actually, of their first full-length animated film, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. But they kept running into difficulties adapting the Snow Queen character to modern audiences. They kept trying a number of times over the decades. In the 2000s, early 2000s, they tried again, still struggled. And then uh, a few years ago, the movie Tangled came out that did well, and they announced, without having worked out all the details, uh, that they were going to turn the, the, the story of Snow Queen into a movie called Frozen to be released November 2013, though they still had not figured out how to make the story work because the Snow Queen in the fairy tale is, is the villain. Interestingly, and I, I thought this was amazing, a major breakthrough came from the song Let It Go. Um, the songwriters, kind of working independently of the writers of the movie, in playing with it, they came up with this song, and when they played it for the writers, the writers said, that's it. And the song actually became the breakthrough to give them the method, the means to make the story work. You know, usually, I don't know about you, but I, I think in terms of you got the story, and from that comes the song. But in this case, we're told, it was the song that actually made it work, because instead of of, of her being this, this villain, they saw her as more complex and vulnerable and sympathetic in the song, and, and they helped the writers envision Elsa as a scared girl struggling to control and come to terms with her gift. Uh, if you know the story, and, and I know most do, but not everybody, it, it centers around two sisters, Elsa, Princess of Arendelle, who has magical powers enabling her to produce ice and snow, and her younger sister, Anna. One night, 
early in the movie, while they're playing, Elsa accidentally hits Anna, Anna in the head with an ice blast uh, that, that uh, disables her and her parents, the king and queen, go to the troll king to find help to see if she can be healed. And they, the, the troll king is able to heal her, but to do so, he must remove her memories of Elsa's magic. The parents who later die on the high seas, isn't that what usually happens to parents in Disney movies? Don't ever be cast as a parent in a Disney movie. The parents, now gone, had though asked Elsa to keep apart from, from Anna because they were afraid that she would not be able to control her powers and what might happen the next time. And so the two girls essentially grow up apart and alone. Elsa is afraid. She knows what she can do, and she's afraid of hurting her sister or anyone else. And though we don't realize it at the time, that fear leads her to have increasing difficulty with controlling her powers. And so the day comes for Elsa to be crowned queen, the Snow Queen, and the sisters get into an argument over a young man named Hans that Anna has met and fallen for. And in that confrontation, Elsa loses control and freezes the entire kingdom. Elsa flees the castle, ascends up into the mountains to create a solitary ice palace. If you've been with us, you've been seeing some of the, the trivia we've been showing before, beforehand. But one piece of trivia that isn't in there, if I read this correctly, in that ice palace, if, you, if you've seen the movie, uh, it took there was one frame that took um, a couple of thousand computers 132 hours to render out to make it work. I mean, it's just incredible amount of technical skill that, and artistry that was required to work in it. So Anna sets out to find her and gains the aid of a snowman named Olaf and later a young man named Kristoff and his reindeer Sven. Uh, interestingly, the, the names, okay, you, you, the, the fairy tale um, composer, writer is Hans Christian Andersen, and some of the characters are Hans Christoph, um, Hans, no, wait, Hans Christoph Anna Sven. Get it? Hans Christoph Anna Sven. Some of you will hear that on the way home. Hans Christian Andersen, it's a clue. Um, I don't know if it was intentional, but anyway. Um, eventually, Anna and her troop find Elsa, but as Elsa tries to get, Anna tries to get Elsa to return home and unfreeze Arendelle, Elsa once again accidentally hits Anna with another ice blast, this time in the heart. Her hair begins to change to white. Kristoff then takes Anna to the troll king once again, and he explains that while he could heal her head easy enough, her heart is another matter. And he says only an act of true love can thaw her heart before she becomes frozen solid forever. And as we're watching that scene, in the midst of that scene as that happens, another troll sort of romantically suggests that true love's kiss might just do it. So... Everything appears to be setting up Hans to be true love's kiss, the hero whose kiss will break the spell, save the day, as has been the case in so many Disney movies. 
romantic love, following our heart. They're often portrayed as the answer to our problems. In fact, so often today we hear on, in, in the media, follow your heart to justify almost anything. But as much as it can take us to the highest heights, it can also take us to the lowest lows. There are times, yes, we should follow our heart. But the Bible warns us to be careful because the heart can be manipulated. It can be fooled because of sin that's present in our lives. In fact, Jesus tells us that much of the evil we do comes from our heart. Jesus said in Mark 7, For from within, out of a person's heart, come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, wickedness, deceit, lustful desires, envy, slander, pride, and foolishness. The prophet Jeremiah said the human heart is the most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked. Who knows how bad it really is? If you think about it, that's a pretty strong statement. And yet, life bears it out to be the truth. No matter how hard, how often we try to do good, and it's not to say we don't do some good, but apart from God's guiding and God's power in our lives, too often our hearts can deceive us and lead us to dark places. How many times... Do we get into a situation and we don't think them through because we want to follow our heart and we end up someplace we didn't intend to be? We make a terrible mistake if we think that we can just somehow try harder and in and, 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 and doing that overcome the sin that's in our lives. We have forgotten, we have overlooked how powerful sin is and how much it has corrupted us and how we live. The Apostle Paul, no less, who wrote... Half the New Testament says, the trouble is with me, for I am all too human, a slave to sin. I don't really understand myself, or I want to do what's right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. Now, if the Apostle Paul could struggle with sin, if the Apostle Paul could say, I want to do what's right, but I struggle with doing it, how much more do we all probably find ourselves in but no matter how hard we try. Okay. That was, that was not me. Sin. That's what it is. Yeah, that's the ticket. Paul says sin had power over him who, even with the best of intentions, still fell short of, of the glory of God, even when he knew what was good and what was right. And that, that can create fear in us as we realize that we, we cannot control what we might do because of the sin in our hearts, and that leads to bad things sometimes happening and punishment. Fear causes us often to withdraw, to pull away as we recognize the, the power that exists within us to hurt others. And, and that's pretty much what Elsa did. as She discovered that she could not control her power. Fear hampers love from, from operating the way God intends for, for the sake of others. We realize our, our sins sometimes bring hurt to ourselves, to others, to friends, to family, 
and certainly to our relationship with God. And, and it creates sometimes damage that, that we can't make right. If, if I have sinned against somebody, I can't just say, poof, it's gone like magic and it never happened because the person I sinned against, they don't just magically forget. In fact, it is not within my power to fix any of the problems that I cause through my sin. had a plan to transform our hearts. In Ezekiel, the sovereign Lord says, I will give you a new heart, and I will put a new spirit in you. I will take out your stony, stubborn heart and give you a tender, responsive heart. I will put my spirit in you so that you will follow my decrees and be careful to obey my regulations. And he has offered that to each one of us, and in fact, to all people through Jesus Christ. When we realize that, that God really can change our hearts. He can do a work in it so that we can make different choices, so that, that we don't, don't have to stay stuck in the same old patterns, doing the same old things, and, and vowing that we're going to somehow do differently next time, and yet over and over again, the sin I don't want to do, I still continue to do. What, what do we say is the, the definition of insanity? Doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. If we expect that we can somehow try harder to overcome the sin in our lives, we can somehow work at it more to do more good and to do less bad. And we have fooled ourselves, we've deluded ourselves into the real power of sin. When we realize, though, that God can change our hearts, that we can make those different choices through Him. We don't have to stay stuck. Even in destructive patterns and feelings of fear, then, then we understand, and in fact, as was talked about before, the prayers of the Psalms, we pray what David prayed in Psalm 51. Create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a loyal spirit within me. And the good news is, as we genuinely pray that, not, not mouth the words, not go through the motions, but if that's really the, the hope and desire of our heart, when we seek God in that, with all of our heart through Jesus Christ, our sins are forgiven because Jesus died on the cross. He took our place. He took upon himself the sin and the punishment that was due us is now upon him. Romans says God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. In other words, not when we had gotten our act together. A lot of people say to me, well, you know, Pastor... Or they maybe they say to you, hey, you know, I, I'm, I'm in a, kind of a rough spot right now in my life. I'm making not so good of choices. I, I'm not going to come to church until I kind of iron it all out and get it all worked out. It's a delusion. Like somehow we're going to fix it all. That is the purpose of the community of faith. That is the purpose of the church is to be the place where we come broken, where we cry out, I, I do the very thing I hate to do where we come and we can express that honestly and receive God's true forgiveness, His true grace to wipe clean our slate so that we don't have to fear the guilt that we have felt for that which we have done in the past. 
Now, now, let me be clear, though. Wiping the slate clean is not the whole story of salvation because even though I can wipe the slate clean of what I've done in the past, I can pick it up again in the very next moment and still struggle and still sin and still do something wrong. So our hearts themselves need to be transformed. Just as the prophet Ezekiel stated, as as Jesus promised, when we commit our lives to Jesus Christ, then not only do we receive forgiveness for things in our past, but the Holy Spirit comes to live within us, to come within us to transform our hearts, to begin the work of making us different so that we increasingly have the power to trust him the ability to obey him, not because it's within me, not because it's something inherent within me, it is because of the Holy Spirit living within me. The Bible again says we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. So the result is not just that my past is, is wiped clean through the sacrifice Jesus made for me and for you and for all people on the cross, But through the power of his spirit living in in me, increasingly, as I respond to the spirit, as I seek the leading of the spirit, as I engage in the practices that, that teach me his ways, increasingly, I sin less and less. My heart is being transformed. As he promised he would do through the prophet Ezekiel, so that over time I have less and less desire to sin and more and more desire to follow Jesus, to trust Jesus, to let him lead my life. He begins to genuinely change my heart. And sometimes that's hard for us to imagine. We think there's certain things we like, certain things we want to do, and we can never imagine that that could change. And if you say that, then you don't believe in the power of God. You don't believe how powerful a God we have, a God who could speak creation into existence. Surely, in our lives, he can speak hope and truth and lead us through things that we don't know how we're going to get through. Love from a transformed heart pushes away all the reasons that we have had to fear. We don't have to live in that fear anymore because our heart is changing. In 1 John it says, as we live in God, our love grows more perfect. So we will not be afraid on the day of judgment, but we can face him with confidence because we live like Jesus here in this world. Such love has no fear because perfect love expels or casts out all fear. If we're afraid, it is for fear of punishment, and this shows that we have not fully experienced his perfect love. And so we become freed from sin, freed from fear, and therefore freed not for gain, not for what I get out of it. Uh, we think that, that it's okay for me to continue to indulge my, my self-serving ways, but that is not love. It's to make me truly care about others, to 
reach out to them, to do things for their sake, to be born again into a new life, a new way of living that is freed from fear, that is freed to truly, unconditionally, sacrificially love others. This deepest form of love accepts someone for who they are and works sacrificially for their good. A great picture of this is found in, in Paul's first letter to the Corinthians. Many of you know this, may have had it, I've talked about it before, may have had it read at your wedding, and yet you, you got to hear it through different ears than something just pretty and poetic. Love is patient and kind. Now right there, I know, as soon as it says patient, the third word of this verse, I'm in trouble. Okay, Patient. I am not particularly patient on my own. It's not, it doesn't come natural to me. There are things I want to accomplish, things I want to do. And patience is not something that resides in me naturally. However, through the Holy Spirit, I have found I am becoming increasingly patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Listen to those words. Those are, if you feel like you're comfortable living that life, wow. Those to me are some of the most difficult, challenging words in all of Scripture. When I really what God is saying. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love. Love never ends. Love that is so concerned for others that, that it will even seek them out in order to help them experience that love and help them drive out sin and help them drive out the fear in their lives. In other words, it's not a love that is simply content to reside within me and, and has make me better. It's not a self-help love. Jesus told stories in, in Luke chapter 15 of the lost sheep, the lost coin, and the lost son. And in all of them, the story, the picture is of a God who never gives up seeking after us that pursues us no matter how far we go, no matter how distant we are, no matter how broken we, we have become. And it is why Jesus came. He said, for the Son of Man came to seek and save those who are lost. It's been said that the church is the only institution that exists for the sake of its non-members. For we follow the admonition of Jesus to seek and save those who are lost. And if we get hung up on it's all about me and what do I get out of it, we are burying ourselves in sin. That's exactly why we need Jesus Christ. And as that love becomes a part of us, it, it drives us to seek out what is best for those around us. And, and not just passively, but intentionally, willfully, and not letting up. Anna, Anna loved her sister. And though Anna did not understand the fear that existed in Elsa's heart, Anna went after her to bring her home, giving us in a very real sense a picture of exactly what Jesus was talking about in Luke chapter 15. 
Sacrificial love leads us to do things we never imagined we, we could or we would do because it calls us beyond ourselves. And it says not only should I step out beyond myself, but in fact, in doing so, it begins to heal a frozen heart. It begins to transform a stubborn, stony heart. It causes us to, to change our priorities, to, to reevaluate where and how we spend our time. It causes us to look for ways to invest our time, talent, and treasure in the things of eternity. Instead, there are lots of things that you and I can invest in, and many of them are good, and many of them have payoffs immediately. Many of them have payoffs over days, weeks, months, even decades. But let me tell you, when you invest in the things of God, you are investing in eternal things. You are investing in the only things that go beyond this life. I have never seen a hearse pulling a U-Haul. No matter how much you invest in the things of this life, they're staying here. But when you, by the grace of God, invest in eternal life and people, you will see them there. God is calling you and me to invest in the eternal It's kind of sacrificial love causes us to to give up things we like doing sometimes because maybe they're questionable or maybe they could lead others away from God. They may be perfectly fine in and of themselves, but if it is misleading to someone who is watching me, if it's something that someone else may not be able to contend with very well, then love causes me to sacrifice what I am able to do, what it is okay for me to do for the sake of another. It causes us even to sacrifice those things that are important to us, to give up good things for the best. You and I can't do it all. We can't have it all. So what are you going to choose? Good? Better? Or best? It makes a difference. Jesus Christ, His kingdom, His glory. And, And yes, a lot of people think sacrifice is too much to ask of anyone. I've had people say, well, you, you can't ask people to do that. It would be a sacrifice for them to do that. Well, what did Jesus do on the cross for us? Sacrifice. He willingly went to the cross. He chose to go to the cross. It was his mission and purpose. And, and he calls us to follow him. Is it asking too much if we sacrifice on his behalf? No. If you are not sacrificing, if there are not things and resources and time that you are giving up for Jesus Christ, you need to ask yourself, who is really the Lord of your life? What is really the state of your heart? That kind of love has no limit. It will go as far as it has to go, as Jesus himself taught and showed us on the cross. In the movie, Anna sets out to save Elsa. But because of the ice growing in her heart, she seeks her one true love because the troll had said only an act of true love can thaw her heart. So she returns to Arendelle and Hans so that true love's kiss can save her. 
as it has done in so many other Disney movies. said, greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for his friends. What Anna did for Elsa is incredible. It's exactly what she did. Even as Anna was in a race to save herself, thinking that romantic love could somehow save her, now perhaps through a kiss from Kristoff, the love for her sister was greater than even her concern for herself, and she offered herself as a sacrifice to save Elsa. 
and in, in offering herself, her frozen heart was thawed. But the beautiful part of this is not only was her heart thawed, but as she offered it and and Elsa was the recipient of that kind of unconditional love, that love, that act of true love, began to thaw her heart as well. That kind of perfect love drives out all fear. There's there's no greater love than this, and yet it is precisely that kind of love that frees us, and, and giving that kind of love to others can change their lives too, this act of true love can thaw a frozen heart, not only the, the one who has it, but, but also others. It is why we love our neighbors. It is why we reach out. It is why we're called to step beyond ourselves, because not only does the act of doing that, of loving others, transform our hearts, but it begins to transform the hearts of others. And some of you are in here today because someone out of love reached out to you out of love and concern for you, spent time, came alongside you, invested in you. And somewhere in that journey, you discovered who Jesus Christ was and what he could do for you. We see in this that Elsa is freed for the act of love by Anna so that she no longer has to fear, live in fear of the power that's been given her, but instead she can wield it for good, out of love, and all of Arendelle is restored. Now, uh, yeah, sure, it's a fairy tale. I understand. I know that. But let me tell you, this movie, at least as I see it, is different from every other Disney animated movie I can think of. Because in those, there has been this sense that romantic love will somehow save the day, which makes us warm and feel gushy, and you feel good at the end of the movie, right? But ultimately, That's the real fairy tale. Because that kind of love, while good and needed and wonderful, is not enough to sustain a real relationship in our world, this world, today. So here, Disney shows us a deeper, greater love that reveals this incredible truth Because Frozen shows us that an act of true love can set any heart free. And we know that God has sought us out. He has pursued us, has come looking for us to offer us and all the world this love. A sacrificial, unconditional love revealed on the cross in Jesus Christ. And when we accept Jesus into our lives, when we choose to make him our savior, when we believe that he really died on the cross to forgive me of my sins and make him not just my savior, but also my Lord, my master, my ruler, then we begin this journey of being freed from sin and fear. And that that comes not through magic, It doesn't just happen. You make the decision and your life is perfectly transformed like they are in fairy tales. It comes as the Holy Spirit comes to reside in you and 
and guides you and encourages you and teaches you and pushes you forward to seek Christ through worship, through prayer, through reading God's Word, the Bible, through giving of your time, talent, and treasure, of coming alongside others, of serving. Is it possible that some of you have been sitting on the fence now for too long, waiting for all the answers, waiting for some magic to occur? Maybe living in a fair amount of fear. Is it not time for you to accept this love of God revealed to us in Jesus Christ into your life? To welcome Him in. To receive not only the forgiveness of, the sin, of your sins, but the power of the Spirit to work in you from this day forward to begin to transform your life as you cooperate, as you work with it, to become more and more like Jesus. To experience that perfect love which casts out fear. To have a kind of love that will sacrifice for the sake of others. If you want to find out about that, our prayer team in just a couple of moments is going to be right down front. And they would love to talk to you about that or anything else that any other needs you have. Because we all, here's the thing, guys, we need to realize that this kind of love is not magic. As wonderful as, I will say, as wonderful as Elsa's transformation was and everything went away instantly, that's not the way this kind of love transforms us. It doesn't just come over us. It has to be lived out in us, through us. And it is always a choice and it always involves action. You, you and I cannot sit back we can't have warm thoughts towards someone and that that is somehow sufficient love. You and I have to live it out. We have to live it out in the world around us, in the lives of the people we encounter. It is these acts of true love that God uses to continue thawing our hearts, to transform our hearts as well as the hearts of others. It's why we place such a, a high value here on servanthood because it's not just about serving. It is, it's about allowing Christ to work within us, to grow us, to transform our hearts so that increasingly it becomes a desire of our hearts and we act, we choose, we, we live it out because in, in that act of love, God begins to thaw the frozen heart. If you've sat back and you've thought, I don't feel all that different you know, I've been a Christian maybe for 20 years or it seems like all my life and things aren't that different. Ask yourself, have you been sitting back or have you been taking action? Have you been pushing the boundaries? Have you been living it out? Have you been stepping out in faith? Because it is an act of true love that thaws the frozen heart. And yes, it will involve sacrifice. And you may discover that what you thought was going to be hard to do, that sacrifice, in fact, becomes a blessing. Anna 
Anna decided to sacrifice her life rather than wait for the kiss so that she could save her sister. And in the process, she not only saved herself, she saved her sister. When you and I sacrifice, there's something that God does in the midst of that that transforms. Now, whether or not you and I experience it here in this life or in the life to come, I guarantee you that God honors that sacrifice because that is true love. That is real love. That is the kind of love that has the power to change the world around you, around us, to make this a different place. Maybe you need to come alongside someone and help them experience that. Yeah, we we at the church, we can help you find somebody, but the truth of the matter is you got people in your own life, in your workplace, in your neighborhood, in your family. And if you're not sure how to do that, our Life to Life team can train you. Maybe it's time you started serving because an act of true love begins to thaw the frozen heart. And and we always have places in our gateway kids for people to serve. With kids and some of the places to serve even don't have to directly involve kids. We have other places to serve. We have our whole area of missions where you can be in service to those who are homeless, to those who are in prisons, to those with other needs in the Bay Area and around the world. You can go to our webpage. There's information right there in your, your notes about that and what you can click on to find opportunities. But here's the thing that you and I have to walk out of here and we have to remember. An act of true love can thaw a frozen heart. It's not magic. It's God. And God works in us through his Holy Spirit as we trust him and step out and live for him as we act in love he begins to transform our hearts so today will you act will you act heavenly father we thank you that your love is so incredible that we never deserved it we would never gotten ourselves pulled up by our bootstraps. We've never been good enough. And yet you acted in love on our behalf and came to us in Jesus Christ. And and he died on the cross for our sake to, to liberate us from sin. And he sent his spirit to come and live within us, to equip us and, and, and transform us and to, to turn our stony, stubborn hearts into hearts that are warm and responsive. Father, we pray for that. It's, it's a, I know, Father, it's, it's a little bit of a dangerous prayer because we don't know what it means. We don't know exactly where it's going to lead us. It, t- it takes faith on our part and belief that, in fact, you will operate and, and lead us in that which is best. And I pray that we will trust you in that. I pray that we will believe. And more than that, I pray that we will act so that your love can thaw not only our hearts, but through us acting, you can use us to thaw the hearts of others. We pray this, we ask this in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen.
To learn more about us, visit www.gateway-community.org. Welcome to your journey.